0: for gosh, what feels in my head like years, I always requested before my dad go down to the basement to put on the Bruce Springsteen Greatest Hits album from the living room so that I could hear it. And so I remember just falling falling asleep to that greatest hits record and like it's funny because you know it, it kicks off with all those early songs and then you know it goes through his 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 career and then you gotta yeah. finish that album with some of the with new two new tracks at that time or maybe even three with uh four maybe murder incorporated yeah. secret garden blood brothers and, and this hard land and like i remember occasionally like being woken up you know, and, and and having Murder Incorporated <laughs> blaring out in the background and me going like, yeah, man, wow, I just missed I missed like 10 years of his uh, of his run here. But that's a vivid memory of mine and, and a fun one when I look back, like, uh, you know, kind of having my dad like throw that on and, uh, you know, just be able to kind of, yeah, go to sleep to the to the sounds of the boss.
1: hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson joining me from a very chilly chicago is my new friend zach hatem zach welcome to the show
0: uh great to be here hey dorn, just hey Dorn. I, hey, no dorn, dorn. Yes. hey dorn got it um, yeah but uh It's so good to be here, man. Thank you for for having me. Tell us a little about yourself. Man, you know, I'm a Chicago born and bred or, or, you know, suburbs of Chicago anyway. And, uh, you know, you know, I've got. Two girls who I love dearly, and a wife who who I love dearly, and um, you know, doing our thing over here. And uh, you know, there's two things that really well, three things that really kind of uh, are 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 me outside of that family. And it's pro wrestling, music, and 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 sports. And so uh, we can get into the <laughs> pro wrestling later, and, and maybe yeah. the sports too. But you know, music uh, for me has always been a central part of just my my whole life for as long as I i can remember it's so ingrained uh in me and uh you know bruce is a big part of that uh but yeah man i mean i'm just uh just a guy doing my thing dude
1: (laughs) so uh you talked about you know music always being part of your life i always like to start at the beginning talk to me about growing up talk to me about what kind of music did you listen to uh you know did your family listen to
0: so my my family and my both of my parents are huge, huge music people, uh, and and so that was all around. From for, like I said, from the longest that I can remember back, you know, we were listening to something, and it was you know heavy Bruce Springsteen, a lot of the Beatles. Um, I, I you know in in the car, you know, when I was a really little kid, it was the oldies station uh, on the radio constantly, um, and you know Jackson Brown, Tom Petty, you know, like I said, the. Beatles, Beatles, Springsteen, the Rolling Stones. So I was very much brought up with with that as kind of the the soundtrack, if you will, and 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 when I mean soundtrack, I mean like you know daily on the regular. My dad yeah. has a basement probably full of you know tens of thousands of records. You know, I mean it's mm-hmm. it's 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 just been a central part of of everything. I've been you know going to concerts with them um, for 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 quite some time. I mean, I remember you know, seeing Jackson Brown as a really little kid, um, and just like those. The, a vivid memory of a music memory of mine. Do you remember when those Beatles anthology CDs came out like, yeah, and sure. they did the videos with them? Yeah. Um, I, that's a vivid memory for me of like my dad coming home as those came out, like every month until there were all three were there and just being so excited to like, listen to those, fire those things up. Um, so, it's you know, a rock. It's rock it's rock and roll bass for sure. And then, you know, my uh, my own tastes have kind of spun from there, you know, folks and folk stuff, some kind of old, old style country, you know, rap and hip hop too. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I have a pretty diverse palette, but it's because of all the different types of things that I listen to, you know, all on the way and just you know appreciate. You know, just appreciate the uniqueness of of different uh, different styles of music.
1: Yeah. As you started getting to high school and college, did did you rebel against your parents, (laughs) uh, you know, music or did you always just acknowledge like, oh, I really love their stuff, but I'm going to find some of my own stuff as well?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I I was I never rebelled. No, never, never. Nothing like that. It was more. You know, I kind of at that time through like, you know, middle school, high school, got into kind of some of the alternative stuff like the grungier, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, you know, the green days of the world. Um, and really, to this day, still, you know, love that, love that music. Um, you know, that's kind of out of my folks wheelhouse, but nothing that they don't appreciate either, but just not like, okay. not, not, not. You know, my dad's not going to throw on a Green Day CD, probably. He's probably not going to throw on Nirvana, but he does recognize and respect kind of like their place, their place in in music. So Mm -hmm. uh, rebelling is definitely the wrong word. Certainly developed my own taste in, in certain directions, but never, never really rebelled. Like I still, you know, like even like new bands that that I pick up along the way now to me you know, stem from the taste that I developed, you know, all those years ago. Like there's yeah. still, there's some of that in everything
1: that I listen to today. So can you remember when you first discovered Bruce? And if you can, what about his music spoke to you? So
0: I can't, I don't remember exactly when I heard Bruce Springsteen for, for the very first time. Um, I, you know, but it had to be around, like it, it was born in the USA was the album that, I, that, that, that did it. And just, only because you know it came out, what was it, 1985 or yeah. something around then. And yeah, 1985, I think. So, you know, when I was, you know, three, four, five years old, like, you know, that was spinning a lot in yeah. the in in the house. So uh, you know, and 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 then from there, obviously I recognized some of those songs. I know Glory Days was a big hit, you know, for me early as a little yeah. kid, like love and just like the pace and the the beat of that. I remember that song, you know, being something that that I was drawn to because of its, its energy and, you know, its energy, but also it's kind of easy to follow lyrics. And just yeah. the overall tone and aura of the song is kind of, it's, you know, it's fun. It's a fun, it's a fun song. You don't need to know Bruce Springsteen in great detail to appreciate that, that track. So that, that stood out um, in a really big way. And then from there, it just was like a rabbit hole for me, like wanting to (laughs) listen to Bruce all the time. I would have, you know, for a little bit of story time here, maybe, but I, when I was a little kid, like, you know, we had my sister and I had our bedrooms upstairs and kind of like the night activity was, you know, my parents would, you know, tuck us in, we'd bed and then they'd go you know down to the basement, watch TV or whatever, have the, the rest of their rest of the night. And You know, for for, gosh, what feels in my head like years, I always requested before my dad go down to the basement to put on the Bruce Springsteen Greatest Hits album from the living room so that I could hear it. And so I remember just falling, falling asleep to that greatest hits record and like it's funny because you know it, it kicks off with all those early songs and then you know it goes through his his you know, his career and then you gotta yeah. finish that album with some of the with new two new tracks at that time or maybe even three with uh four maybe murder incorporated yeah. secret garden blood brothers and, and this hard land and like i remember occasionally like being woken up you know, and, and, and having murder incorporated <laughs> blaring out in the background and me going like, yeah, man, wow. I just missed, I missed like 10 years of his, uh, of his run here, but that's a vivid memory of mine and, and a fun one. When I look back, like, uh, you know kind of having my dad like throw that on and uh you know just be able to kind of yeah go to sleep to the to the sounds of the boss
1: that's that's awesome um you talked about your other passion is pro wrestling where did that start when did you first discover that and what about that made you go okay this this is something pretty cool
0: yeah you know I think there's a lot of like when I break it down and if I can sit and actually think about this, there's a lot of similarities as to like what drew me to pro wrestling and and Bruce okay. Springsteen. Like because Bruce Springsteen, you know, he's a tremendous, I mean, songwriter and a musician and an artist. But the guy's also, you know, a star. Right. Superstar. I mean, he he he's a rock star in every in every sense. And um, you know, so I was certainly drawn to that to that charisma and like the performance and the idea that somebody could walk out onto a stage in front of thousands and thousands of people and manipulate them and have them like right in the palm of their, of their hand. And so Mm -hmm. the same, kind I have the same kind of connection or had the same kind of connection to pro wrestling. When I saw it for the first time, like yeah Steve Austin's of the world was a, was a big kind of like a big hook. That's kind of when I Mm -hmm. started, And then, and obviously then I went back into the flair and and Hogan days, but it started with Austin. And I think a lot of it is the same type of obviously different arts, but the same type of presence, the same type of charisma that just focuses your attention. And so it was that, that, uh, that got me rolling with, with pro wrestling. I can't quite say exactly when it was or, or what angle it was, but it was, it was Steve Austin for sure. And, and then my grandfather, actually Mm -hmm. was a huge wrestling fan from, you know, back in the, you know, forties and fifties, like, like from, from a long time ago. So um, when I started getting into it, that was something that him and I really bonded over throughout the years and uh, you would watch together on a weekly basis. And uh, so he kind of then solidified that, that interest and got me, you know, kind of hooked on the, on the history and being able to, to know, where to go into the back, the back, the backlogs of, uh, or the back streets of wrestling, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To, to, to really kind of find out about the, about the history. And that's where I kind of got my pro wrestling roots from what was, was, uh, was him. So I think, yeah
1: the the kind of the premise of both interests
0: is very similar that uh, obviously land in two completely different directions though
1: yeah so austin was the guy he was your born in the usa of into wrestling, right like born in the usa yeah. is the gateway cd for a lot of music a lot of Bruce fans, so uh Austin was your uh, wrestling right
0: that's correct yep absolutely yep yeah good way to put it
1: my uh my son is um 32 and um Goldberg was his first wrestling love and go. uh and then he he we wrestlemania is coming to dallas again this in just probably as we're recording this a couple weeks and uh we're we're going again we're he's i'm going i'm going with him on saturday night then him and his buddy are going sunday night and uh we went to the wrestlemania that was at the astrodome or as chris (laughs) says where we're stone cold turned heel (laughs) (laughs) yes man
0: i'm so jealous to hear that like uh I mean number one. I mean that's a arguably one of the biggest events in, in wrestling history just because of it's it's the peak attitude era. It's Austin Rock at their at their kind of peak times as well. Um, so boy oh boy what a what a treat that must have been.
1: Well it was hilarious because um he you know he's like seventh eighth grade right and mm-hmm. um and he he had loved wrestling for you know for a long time and he was like i can't believe wrestlemania is going to be in houston right and we live in dallas and so i just kind of as a side note well i tell you what you get straight a's we'll go to wrestlemania and then uh i went and you know and i told my wife and i said hey i'm gonna go ahead and order tickets we'll just make it a guy's night weekend right Mm -hmm. so uh, and he did he got straight a's and so we drove down to houston uh spent the day you know doing the exhibits and having a great time and uh you know we're at the Wrestlemania and he's like can I throw up the finger dad yes you can throw <laughs> up the finger. and he just it, it you know I I had a great time because he had a great time sure and yeah. but every time I tell that story to someone who loves wrestling they will say you were at one of the best Wrestlemania's ever yep And and so he is all excited about us going again. Uh, He is like that 12 year old kid again that we are, I mean, you know, he's we're we're pumped about uh, getting to go together. So, yeah, I can't
0: I can't wait to hear you know, your your and his thoughts, you know, yeah. all these years later. Uh, you know, going I mean, because in, in some ways it's very much the same, but in other ways, you know, it's changed drastically. Yeah. So it'll be real interesting to see kind of your your talk and you'll yes. get a you'll get a Steve Austin appearance on Saturday. Yes, so that's he's- good.
1: Chris bought tickets before because he said, I'm hearing rumors that that the, Steve may come make an appearance. And if he does, ticket prices are going to go through the roof, dad. We need to get them first. So, yeah, we're excited. Great. Um, so how did you decide or how did it work in that you're you're doing this for a gig covering wrestling? And is you that know? your main gig or is that just a sideline? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a side gig right now. So I've got okay. another,
0: another full-time job, um, that I work as well. Um, you know, just to you know, help, help, help pay those bills that come in, come in the mail every month, but you got two kids to raise. That's, that's it. right. That's right. Yeah. They, they like to eat. I mean, God, yes. go figure. <laughs> um, but so, so I, I honestly, I got into it really, it, it started, oh God, I would just say 2014, 2015. 2015 was when I was when I kind of really first started and I you know when I was younger like in my you know mid-20s just kind of figuring out like the other the other career right like you know just yeah. getting my feet under me like getting you know like getting like getting life together you know and I, I didn't really I watched everything everything during that during that time too but just didn't I don't know for whatever reason didn't have the discipline to kind of to kind of you know, figure out, all right, how do I want to make this happen? Because it was always something that I wanted to do, be a part of, of the wrestling business in, in some capacity. And so, you know, I look back at that time and go, man, I wish I would have started early, but sometimes you got to just get, get, your, get your shit together, which is what I was doing at that time. But 2015 rolls around, um, you know, I'm in a, new, in a new relationship where my now wife, who, you know, was encouraging of like, hey, you should like do something with this. Uh, you know, like, you, sh- you know, you, you, you left, you loved, write. You love to watch wrestling. You have a, 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 radio background. So you're comfortable in front of a microphone, like you should you know, give it a shot. And so knowing that like, it was a long shot in terms of like, Hey, can you, can anybody, can you make real money with this? Uh, it was just very much, you know, a, a just a really intense hobby of mine since 2015. So I hopped on, um, with a website called PWP Nation. And that's where I got my start. And I, I my time there was really really fun because it was straight hobby but you you know they were really flexible in terms of like what you could write you know there was not like hey you're on this beat and you're only on this beat and and right. and that's it it was like just write what you want and so i, I did mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, got a little uh, you know met some met some people and just had some really you know fun engagement with the team there and then um, you know, the torch was always a place where I, you know, consumed my wrestling analysis from geez, right. as long as I can remember. And so when I kind of had what I was, what I felt was a comfortable and, you know, solid enough portfolio of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just w- started to email Wade and just kind of talk to him about my work and what my aspirations were, um, in terms of, you know, getting a writing, uh, writing project. Yeah. Um, you know, it took a cup, like took a, a couple tries to 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 connect with him. Um, my first uh, my first uh, piece of work for the Torch was a guest editorial um, on Roman Reigns, and it, the rest from there is kind of history. I picked up um, the 205 Live was my actually covering the May Young Classic, first May Young Classic, which was the All Women's um, Tournament uh, that they right. held at the uh, at, at the at the NXT full, at Full sale, the NXT Studios. I covered that. Uh, when that was going on and so that was my first beat and from there um, I signed on to do two or five live um, on a regular basis when that was you know I mean it was never a hot show but like yeah <laughs> it was something um, and then from that you know I was able to parlay that into taking over um, the alternative perspective Monday Night Raw uh, report, which is a little bit more of a you know high profile, Count you know throughout 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 the week so i did that for a couple years and then all along the way um podcasting with wade i was on uh his his post shows for raw for smackdown um i would write you know uh periodically um some editorials just to get uh to get more work there um and then i uh, picked up my own uh vip audio show Uh, which is called on the canvas. And it's kind of a, it's a show that like looks at the art of pro wrestling. So I started doing that. Um, and then like at the beginning of, um, at the beginning of 2021, you know, I just kept telling Wade, like, like what my goals were with it and wanting to, to, to do, to do more, be more involved with like the day-to-day operations of the, of the site, Mm -hmm. um, and so at that, that point, you know, I had enough. I think just enough equity with him, and um, you know, I think he saw the some of the work that I did, and and knew that I could maybe handle a little bit more, and was able to kind of grab the assistant editor uh, position. So, uh, which is what I uh, currently hold uh, hold today. So it was a, a while, a long a long journey, but a really a really fun one, and um, you know, one that I look back on very fondly, uh, just because it was such a was such a blast, and now. You know, there's so much wrestling to cover uh, on on a week to week basis that, you know, we're never uh, we're never short on content. That's for sure.
1: Do you, uh, you know, wrestling has gone through and we're going to get to Bruce again, I promise, listeners. Um, you know, wrestling has gone through ups and downs and, and for the longest time, right. You know, you had WCW and, and, you know, and, and WWE. And so, but there's even more diversity out there now, isn't there?
0: There is. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think you can, you can kind of, the, the to me, one of the big reasons for that is access, you know, there, there's infinite access to, to different pro wrestling now with, with, with streaming, you know, you don't, yeah you don't have to drive across the country to see an indie show on the West coast. You don't have to, if you're on the West coast, you don't have to drive to Chicago to see, you know, an AW show. Like you, it's, yeah. it's on fight TV. So like that unlocks just so many, not to mention like international uh, stuff. So if you want it <laughs> you can find it out there and that's, you know, that's, you know, a, a really kind of interesting part of the the business right now. Um and and it certainly has its its pros and I think it has some cons too, you know, where it's like you you there's so much that there's there's no way you can you can track every up and coming, you know, independent right independent star out there because there's just there's just so much of it that's that's on the table so so yeah and and not only is there a lot on the table to just watch but it's all super diverse in terms of in terms of style like if you want kind of like the big you know national level shows well you know wwe aw but even those two are, are very different in terms of their their presentation but you go from there and there's studio show in the nwa you've got you know the hardcore deathmatch stuff with with gcw you've got the kind of the foot flying uh pwg style uh, out west ring of honor uh, is going to be coming back which has you know so many independent roots and and the start of the careers of so many top stars today um that's out there there's you know there's like the blood sports style josh burnett's blood sport style no ropes and just kind of like you know just a fight that that's there too so it's really you know it's really diverse uh time uh in, in yeah. the business in terms of that in terms of that style and you know i think you know it just like it always has wrestling business changes you know and yeah i think generally like the the business is stronger when it's a you know, star first business. And I think the two top promotions, WWE and AEW in the States right now, it's kind of went away from that and are very much about, about the brand uh, these days. But, you know, Hey, like if that, that's, that's, it's not gonna be the last time that the wrestling business, uh, you know, changes around.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think the same thing can be said for music, right? Because mm-hmm. of the ability of you can record music, throw it up on YouTube and find an audience, um, right? Same thing as podcasting, right? Like I, you know, I didn't have to. I ended up was with it with a network, but um, they ended up deciding to quit being a network. And so now then I'm an indie podcast and, um, and, you know, true, I don't have, um, you know, millions of followers, but, you know, I've got enough people that are saying, hey, we like what you're saying, Jesse, we want to hear you. Uh, So I think the same thing, right? Like you can have that Um, the ability to you don't have to go to a UHF channel and say, hey, like I'm old enough to remember Saturday afternoons after all cartoons are on, they would go to Alexandria, Louisiana, where there'd be wrestling. Right. right? That they they would cut and they'd show that. So I do think that's one of the reasons why there's diversity. Right.
0: For sure. And and and, and, you know, for for people that are going to be that are going to be fans of wrestling like
1: yeah i mean
0: it's just gonna be like a water hose for them because
1: a fire hose
0: i guess is the yeah. right <laughs> right word but because yeah. there's just so much i mean and there's so much current stuff and so it's like man if you want to attempt to go backwards you know and and check out old nwa stuff or awa stuff or wwe yeah. stuff or, or anything like that like there's just there's just so much there so on one hand you know just like with me, it can be overwhelming to like you know I always thought myself in the music space like hey I gotta I'm gonna be you know with the curve right like and mm-hmm. I'm gonna know you know the the hot you know the hot the hot bands and artists and whatever yeah and then Lollapalooza lineup comes out and I'm like damn Green Day and Metallica are great but who the heck are these other people but yeah because but there's so much stuff out there and and it's you all on Spotify you know and yeah. you pay 10 bucks a month and you get it all. And yeah. the same thing with Russ.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you, um, I always like to tell, you know, prof say this, but I realize that the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan <laughs> you are. Uh, yeah. It depends depend your age where you're located, your economic situation, but, um, have you been able to see him perform live? And if so, yes. do you count?
0: Um, yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't like keep a running count, but I counted for this. Um, and I've seen him nine times. Uh, and, uh, the first time I saw him was on the, um, the reunions in 1999. Yeah. Uh, that was when like, you know, I was in, uh, I was a freshman in high school at that time. Um, and he was back with the East street band. And so I didn't, I didn't see any of that, like none of the human touch stuff, none of the, you know, nothing there, nothing, you know, with, with tunnel love. But when they picked up um, after that reunion tour, that was, uh, that was the first time I saw them. And then from there, you know, I caught him, uh, multi, like every time he's been here, um, whether it was the rising tour or, uh, uh, the tour for magic, which was a couple yeah. of United center shows. I saw him up in Milwaukee, uh, on the Seeger sessions tour. So I saw him there. I caught him yeah. at Wrigley. I've seen him at, uh, at, at, uh, at the, at so, you know, I got a funny, a really fun story for the uh, the time I saw him at the U S cellular field, Okay. when you remember like, and this was 2003. So they were still, I mean, God, that's almost 20 years ago, but at that time, you know, Ticketmaster was, a th- you could go online yeah. and do it, but you could also in here, you could go to, uh, to Carson Peary Scott and they had a Ticketmaster terminal like in the store. Right. And so, you could go there and, you know, get your concert tickets, you know? And so for that, there, for that show, um, it was, uh, it was for an August show and the the show was going to be the night before that the night before I left college in the morning. Um, so my family, my dad and I, my mom, you know, we, we went to that, to that show, but I you know, went to Carson Perry Scott to get those tickets like that spring or something. Yeah. And, um, and I was the first one picked. first pick in that oh, in the, wow. in the lottery we'll for, for tickets or second, second, yeah. pick, sorry, second pick. And uh, so, so needless to say, we, I was ready there to buy, buy four tickets. And we had this, um, this other guy who was like, Oh man, you're so lucky. How many tickets are you buying to the show? And I said, well, I'm going for four. And he said, well, would you mind going for eight? Like we're way in the back and, and I've never seen Bruce before. First time ever. Like, I'm worried I'm not going to get any, like, would you mind buying eight? Here's, here's the, here's the cash. And I was like, high school kid, So I was like, sure. You know, no, no big deal. So we get, uh, so, so I, you know, a second in line, get up there and, uh, uh, we get uh, a throw, like just amazing seat. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, go about my business, like go away, super pumped. Right. But then we get there that day, get there that, that day of the show. And the guy is right next to it, next to us. Sure. And, and, and so, you know, I'm loving it. They open the show with, with Adam Ray's Decay and it's just, just, just a blistering version of it to, to kick things off. And I turned to my right and the guy who uh, we bought tickets for it, he had, he had like said, Hey, you guys want some to drink. You guys want you yeah. know, hot dogs or whatever, like whatever it's on, on us. And I turned to my right as this like rocking first song is going and he, he could care less Jesse. Like he's sitting there dude, like, and I'm like, what? on earth is happening. And then I look to my right, or to his right, and his wife is going crazy, like in tears that she's seen Bruce for the first time. And he he turned to me and goes, see, man, this... That's, that's a, that's a Bruce fan right there. So he wasn't even a fan. He was just trying to get his just wife doing to that uh, for his wife to, to, yep. Just doing that for his wife to get her. And she was having the time of her life. And I, I look back on it just a just, a, it was just a cool night with that happening and great seats, a great set list and, you know, kind of like a, you know, uh, God, I don't want to be over dramatic about it, but like a, yeah. a stamp at the end of my childhood with me going to college the next day it was like such a poetic way to kind of end that era of my of my life
1: that's awesome that that is a good story that's that's great um is there is there are there songs that mean a lot to you are there things that you know albums or songs that you continue to go through you know that mean a lot to you that that you go to over and over again
0: there absolutely is i mean
1: i you know there.
0: Darkness on the Edge of Town is a is an album that I think spoke to me, not not in the not in like even like wow, those lyrics are me or like because it's not that. It's like, you know, it's not I didn't live any of that stuff that that Bruce talks about in that record. But yeah, the tone and like the sound and the production, like just I think, you know, when when I when when I look at him and the that the cover art, you know. Mm -hmm. and you see this young guy who's there and but a little bit little bit of concern not a little bit of doubt in his eyes like you know that was me like in the in my yeah in in my 20s and so i can i I can relate with like the tone of that record and i remember playing that record a lot during that time and it's it's such a masterpiece in 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 kind of being an adult but still like telling the story of being an adult but still growing up at the at the Mm -hmm. same time and like having responsibilities but not not fully understanding what they are or or how to go about you know uh, achieving them and 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 living with them so that is an album that absolutely speaks to me regularly and it's again i think it's it's an enjoyable listen even if you just want to listen to something but i think it has some deeper meaning for me just just because of its tone um so that absolutely Um, born in the usa like I'll catch a lot of flack for this because, you know, I know it's a, you know, it can be among Bruce fans, a, c- a cliche, like yeah. go to, Oh, that's the best album. And, you know, look, I'm not here to debate best or, or not best, but that is a freaking monster of a, of an album. Like, I, I, you know, like there's nothing wrong with a yeah. popular pop record, which is what that is. Yeah. And it's a mess. Master- I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. So what, you know, on a summer, summer day, grilling out in the yard, like, nothing better than that record to fire up. And then, and then the other one that speaks to me now, um, for uh, kind of a, a reason that I you know wouldn't have, wouldn't have ever felt, um, when it, when it came out is, um, the rising. So my daughter is three yeah. years old and she, um, just, she just like me when I was a kid, you know, there's music on here all the time, you know, in the right. vast array, just like it was for me. And, uh, so she loves Bruce, like Ghost, or not Ghost, the, uh, Letters to You came out right when she was able to, like, when she was about one and almost two when right. that came out. And so she was hooked on the song Ghost for, for, for the longest time and mm-hmm. um, thought that that was the only Bruce song to listen to for, for, for the longest yeah. time. And um, so for Christmas, then I was like, well, I'm going to get her her own Bruce Springsteen record. And, you know, I just was like, well, I have all these other ones already. So I'm not going to like rebuy, you know, right. Born, Born Around the River or anything like that. So what record, what vinyl do I not have? And it's, and it was, uh, it was Rising. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll get to the Rising. And man, she loves that damn record. I mean, my goodness gracious, I can't play Waiting on a Sunny Day or Mary's Place more times to <laughs> saturate. That's her awesome. Zest for her. And so that album has a really you know big place in my heart right now just because of uh you know the way she just attacked that thing so yeah. that's a so you know it's a and then and then and you know it's not a record that speaks to me in any way because it's the great it's the greatest hits album but yeah that will always be a part of my bruce fandom and memories like because you grew up listening to it right yeah, yeah i mean that absolutely. makes a lot of
1: sense yep, yeah yeah that, that makes a whole lot of sense um the Uh, so is only, is only the one daughter a fan or are both of them? Well,
0: I like to think my other daughter is too, but she's, she's only 11 months old. So I don't know yet.
1: (laughs) Okay. She's, she, she's got time to build. She's got
0: some time. Yeah. I can, I can still coach her up. Yeah.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah. So flipping back to wrestling, do you have a favorite wrestler, a modern, or do you like Chris keeps going back to the classics? He just, he, you know, he just loves watching and he watches the new stuff, but he loves going back to the older and, and, uh, watching a lot of the, uh, WWE documentaries, like, you know, with, um, you know, the undertaker and, and all this other stuff. He loves Austin's talk show. So how about you, Art? Is are you, you're still a fan, but you also cover it. So is there a sentimental favorite of yours? So um so Austin always will be, you know, I think mm-hmm. you
0: know, when I put the when I put the uh kind of the journalist hat down and just like yeah, think about just being a fan. Like yeah, he like that glass breaking is always gonna be a yeah. thing that That gets me for sure so so yeah him for absolutely the you know these days i don't you know it's it's weird i think as wrestling changes how you watch it changes too and so now i watch it not to not to cheer on my favorite you know my favorite guy or or woman i i watch it to you know enjoy the matches but also kind of analyze the matches too what's working where the art in those like what Mm -hmm. is it you know how how are they booking this what are they going for so it's just with a different I just watch it and I enjoy it just as much, but just from a different perspective. So I don't, I wouldn't really say that I have a favorite right now that in terms of like who I root for, but in terms of like the work that I like to, that I like to watch, you know, on the WWE side of things, Roman Reigns has really, um, as a heel, turned into just a, a major, major star. He's found his groove um, and kind of has finally tapped into, I think, his, his real personality and allowing that to shine through with his, uh, with his character. So he's somebody that I enjoy um, and that I enjoy watching work. Um, Adam Cole in uh, AEW is another guy who i think is just is incapable of having a bad match like the pace that he has in the ring the crispness of what he does the way he sells is uh, is just is, is phenomenal so i enjoy i enjoy watching him quite a bit mm-hmm. um sasha banks is somebody else uh, wwe who is uh, just fascinating to watch because she's you know uh just a just an absolute star um and really knows how to tell a story uh, in the ring and, and, and how to, you know, use her, her, her charisma and to, and, and, and psychology to pull a reaction uh, out of the audience. So, so she's somebody that I really enjoy watching. um trying to think here of anybody like other, some other AEW folks or some independent, uh, some independent uh, guys, but, but those, those, that, those three are kind of, you know, like CM Punk, I'm, I'm interested in him these, these yeah. days to see what he, what he's, what he's doing and how he's, how his comeback's going. And it's been really good. MJ, JF is another is another guy um, in AEW, yeah. really young, a young talent and a, just a guy who gets being a heel. Not looking for any kind of cool NWO heel pops, looking for some real yeah. heat. Um, and he gets it. So he's a he's a fun guy to watch, too. OK,
1: very nice. Um, what's next on the podcast? But what, what do you guys got planning to do next for the podcast?
0: So, yeah. So 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 not this week. Well, so let me back up. The last two weeks, um, I did so. CM Punk and MJF had a uh, a pretty brutal dog collar, ma- and when I say brutal, I mean violent, you know, and yeah. bloody. Uh, not bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really great uh, yeah. dog collar match at uh, at the AEW Revolution pay per view. So for the last two weeks, um, I the podcast has been on breaking that match down frame frame by frame. So it's about it's about a. a almost 100 minutes of me breaking down that that match from start to finish entrances Mm -hmm. and then the match so that's been the last two weeks so um if you guys can if you guys are interested in checking that out it's a real good um it's a real good sample of what that show is uh with those those last two weeks specifically Mm -hmm. this week um i'm going to be uh looking at um the Becky Lynch, she cut a, a WrestleMania promo this week on Raw that I'm gonna uh, analyze okay. uh, and break down. And then next week is the uh, is the big WrestleMania preview show. So I'll yeah. have a couple guests on um, from the Torch family, and we will be uh, breaking down all things WrestleMania uh, top to bottom both nights, and uh, just getting 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 the listeners and our and our readers ready for for that big weekend.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy one. It'll be uh, Jerry World will be pretty rockin' so that's good. Yeah. Um all right so talk to me what were your thoughts about letter to you and uh western stars uh you okay, know the so, latest two from Bruce. So
0: I Letters to You I thought was a is a is a really good album. And with for me and Bruce, it's like I don't I don't have I don't go into like his new albums with the expectation of like, oh okay this has to be better than the big three like River, yeah. Darkness and and, and Border like like because because look if you make 15 albums you're gonna have one that's the best and you're gonna have one that's the worst like that's just like they're not all gonna be like that peak peak level stuff so i don't i don't go into those into his new releases early anybody's like with that kind of like ready to judge an album in in that way i really take them as their own and i think when you do that with letters to you you've got to a really nice buttoned up record, you know, that sounds like yeah. Bruce and sounds like the East street band. And yeah. so there's some really good tracks on there. Like I said, <laughs> I'll never forget the words to ghost because we've played it thousands of times in this house because of my, my daughter, but that song is really good. Jenny's a shooter. I mean, that's a great tune. That's such yeah. a, that's a, that is a like anthemic E street band song. Like I'm, I'm pumped to hear that that thing live like when when uh when if and when he 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 tours again so i think top to bottom it's a it's a really good record western stars i'm a little bit colder on um just because i just i i i think personally to me it lacks a little bit of the oomph that i like out out of the uh the bruce records um i think lyrically it's very it's a very interesting listen in terms of following kind of the stories that he's telling from a yeah. lyric perspective but uh, musically though i think it, it just it, it misses for me in terms of like judging if i if i look at how i feel about some of this other folkier record that one falls to the bottom of, of my personal list there okay very nice well what do you think am i, am I like no no at, no
1: uh, well so i grew up um glenn campbell my my mom loved and uh so western stars to me feels like a short story collection yeah. like Elmore Leonard you know the guy who wrote Justified could have written those you know songs and so their story so I like that um I love the film I I was so jealous of everyone in the barn I was like oh man I wish I was in that barn that I know so cool. uh in oh. fact my wife whispered over she's like you want to be there don't you I'm like yes yes I do. <laughs> of course um, I do and then letter to you I, I similar to what you said um It is hard for me at times to break away context. So for example, I know intellectually Devils and Dust is probably not that great of a CD. It's a good CD, but you know, like, compared to if you put it up against Nebraska, right? It's like, okay. But um, The Rising was my first show. So I have a lot of love for The Rising. And Mm -hmm. then Devils and Dust was the first CD that came out after I'd seen Bruce live. And I, I just i i devoured that cd just played it over and over and over again and then when he came to dallas like i knew every song that he played off of it and so that was kind of the first tour where i had gone from a casual fan to a major fan so letter to you we had you know we just had ended the this this 2020 was such a crap year and yeah so much death and so much sickness and so much political strife and and you know i had said if we could get a new president and a new springsteen album and maybe 2020 won't be the year of the worst year ever yep. you know and so the election happened and um not to get into politics but you know i was pleased that mm-hmm. uh you know our you know president trump wasn't re-elected and then um to get this album, that's the E Street Band, and all of a sudden there's this Apple documentary, and you're seeing the band work together. Yep. Is just it? It's just like you it, to put it in the sports thing. It's like wow um ollie all of a sudden regained magic and was like this this great boxer again uh it means to have something that strong that toward the latter part of their career i won't say the end of their career is just a really treasure for us
0: i that's really well said man i mean and and it's it's so true and oh and I, I, I don't want to forget to ask this question because uh, yeah. I've been, I've been doing, I've been doing some battle on the old Twitter machine. Yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that record. I mean, I I yeah. absolutely adore that record as dark as dark can be, yeah. but I just, I love the, the side of Bruce that it shows like there's, you know, cause you do, you get performer Bruce, right. And you get, yeah. you know, Bruce who, you know, who's a ham on stage. Like that's there. Yeah. But, Artist Bruce is in there too. And that album to me is just rooted in that kind of that mastery. Like it's, it's, and I don't know that enough people feel the way I do. I gotta, this is my mission. now. This is my mission now. Well,
1: and I know I I get you, Zach. And a lot of people do think of this, um, you know, a, a a lot of people, if they're like fans of punk, they will say, oh, well, Nebraska is my favorite song, you know, album, because he is, it is a very different type of album. Yep. And so, yeah, I... Um, I I like it. I don't love it. Uh, but it's because there is there isn't there isn't as many songs that speak to me. However, Highway Patrol would probably make my top ten favorite songs of all time. Right. Though right. I might argue that the Johnny Cash version I like a little bit more than Bruce's, but <laughs> but just because um, Johnny Cash is freaking johnny cash and he's like you know uh hard to argue with johnny cash right yeah i mean you know and and i say that with love in my heart right like because he does such a good job of that um so yeah i i think there is no shame i think the tougher thing and i've had people on that adore working on a dream and that is a lot of people will go oh really that's your favorite (laughs) but they are there are people that just they do they they love that album and and i think that's the beauty of bruce is that can you know there's something for all of us right and there's something that um and and he has so many stages of his career so many different um he he keeps reinventing himself um similar to uh you know um you know, mankind or, you know, yep, the, yep. you know, I, I, you know, where
0: Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there, are, there are wrestlers that keep uh, reinventing himself. Uh I've been told Mick Foley is a huge Springsteen fan. And really? so I have, I would, I have been told that and I would love like if that is the case to have him on and just talk, you know, that how would fun be, would that be? Right.
0: Oh man, that would be, yeah, a tremendous listen. A- yeah. Absolutely, man.
1: You know, yeah. my my favorite story of him, he was here in Dallas uh multiple years ago at a um a what they call um, ticket stock Our sports station would kind of their version of a fan get together, right? So he was the featured uh person there, that was their guest and uh they were he was signing, you know, free autographs for the fans and they were interviewing him and uh, I, I think he tells the story in his book, but I just, I, I love this because my son and I are on the way to tickle Stock and he's so excited. He had an extra sock that he was going to have him sign, Aww. you know, and everything. And um, he said that he was wrestling in Dallas at the Sportatorium and his girlfriend at the time came up to him and said, Mick is, I have a question for you. He goes, okay, what is wrestling fake? He said, why are you asking? He says, well, Everything you own is in your car and you are scheduled to do a winner leaves, ta- loser leaves town <laughs> match. And he goes, well, oh, let's move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's not going to give away the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's awesome. That is awesome, That's great. Wow. Yeah. Wow, what a story.
1: Yeah. What are songs you're chasing? What if when he performs again, what are things that you're hoping that you're going to hear him uh, perform? So Life.
0: here's the thing. This is, this is mm-hmm. Murder Incorporated is on the list. Number one. Oh, sure. I could see that. Yeah. Because and the re- yeah, and the reason you're is, a kid, right? <laughs> yes. It's it's my memory as like, uh you know, when, again, like when my dad would put that CD on, like I remember waking up like after I had fallen asleep and the album had already played through. But that song was on and it's just a pretty badass song. But so that's mm-hmm. one of them now. They played that song at, you know, the reunion show that I went to, but I just, I have no memory of it. Zero. (laughs) And so it would mean a lot more to me now uh, listening to that song live. So that, that's my number one. Um, uh, When, so I, so trapped was one that I had um, on my list for the longest time. And I Mm. actually sent uh, just, just on a whim, I sent, Uh, a tweet to like the springsteen twitter account back in 2012 or whenever they did the wrigley show yeah um saying like hey you guys should play trapped then that night played that so i was able to check that off the list then pretty pretty fun story there um and then uh you know i guess like i'd love to i'd love to hear some of the some of that that the the darkness stuff like i've heard a lot of it you know but i haven't necessarily heard like um like something in the night or uh racing in the street some of those like deeper those deeper songs like sure. prove it all night i've heard adam raise the cane i've heard uh badlands obviously but i would love to kind of like hear those other um some of those other those other songs um kind of in a, in a in a live setting i just have not been lucky enough to hear it and and it's an album that you know that, that resonates yeah. so deeply and and it's not because of like the big hit songs on there those are good but those three that i mentioned um are super just super high in my kind of hierarchy yeah. of Bruce songs like those are there and i haven't heard any of those um any of those live um and then and then i i guess man you know the only other one that kind of rings out to me um is uh it's off uh, born in the usa and because i've heard a lot of that album too you know right. like the no surrenders darlings county and all everything there but i've not heard um cover me and i would love yeah. to hear that maybe as like an opener or something just to just to hear that you know that uh that sure. that, that start you know um yeah. would be a would be a really uh a really cool treat
1: good um any final thoughts before we get to the Barry question
0: uh so no man like i i just uh you know i, I think bruce springsteen is is just a you know an American icon. I mean, I really, I really believe that, like on on Bob Dylan levels to me, in terms of just how he's been able to write about people you know, and about humans and about emotion. And I, I just, I, I think it's so like what his body of work, I just think is so special. Um, and just special for, for anybody to just study in terms of art, but also just for me personally, in terms of just like, just being a constant in my life for as long as I can remember to this day. And now for my kids, so, you know, I, I mean seriously normally it's me in a room with a record and and that's it you know and now it's my kids there too my yeah. dad was there but and so I, I, I've never had a forum to just kind of talk about Bruce Springsteen. So this has been just a blast, and I and I thank you, uh, and I thank you very much uh, for for
1: having me. Well, Zach, I am so glad you uh, joined me. You are welcome anytime. Uh, I don't know. I may uh, I may have you join Chris and I, and we'll do a special post WrestleMania, you know, roundtable, and so you oh, yeah. could. Uh, We could uh, visit that. That sounds great. That sounds like a blast. So if you are a regular listener on on the canvas and you're joining me because you want to hear zach uh thank you for listening i appreciate it um i end every episode with the mary question uh what that is is jay armstrong is a recently retired honest honors english teacher he has a book out called uh, bedtime stories for the living um And Jay would, when he was teaching, would spend two days breaking apart Thunder Road. They would look at all the lyrics. They would talk about the imagery. They would talk about, uh, you know, the themes Bruce is exploring. And they would compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, and other great American poems. And then at the end of the two days, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So Zach, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Of course, Mary gets in the car.
0: Absolutely she does. Uh, I I I and I and, and look, I think you can get there. So when I was analyzing this, okay. I think you can get there from the from a lyric perspective, you know, if you break when you break that down. But I also think like the whole idea of the song it, like has to end that way. Like it's about you know getting on open road. You have your whole life in front of you, and and just going. And so I think to to have her not get in the car at the end is just not. It doesn't jive with like the premise and the tone and the feel of the and the feel of the song. So to me, like maybe to some people, and I. Maybe I'm the only one that's answered this way. I don't know. But I think it's obvious she gets in the car. Like, I think it's a it's an obvious yes for me.
1: No, uh, 60% of my guests say yes, she gets in the car. About 40% say she doesn't. So, oh,
2: no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so, uh, so no, no, you are in the majority, my friend.
0: All right. Uh, well, hey, that's yeah, good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate it. Uh, good luck uh, continuing uh, with your your podcast and your writing and uh you know like i said open door anytime you've like hey jesse i've got the burning i've got to talk a little <laughs> bit of uh bruce just reach out to me and we'll make it happen okay
0: i appreciate that man thank you so much enjoy wrestlemania uh, it should be a fun uh it should be a yeah. real fun night and i'm excited to to pick your brain about it afterwards too thank you so much for having me jesse
1: no problem if someone wants to reach you how can they what's the best way
0: uh you can get me on twitter at um, z torch z h e
1: y d o r n torch very great all right um listeners please go get vaccinated go get boosted let's all be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this thank you zach thank you listener we'll talk to you soon Goodbye. This podcast would not be possible without my wonderful group of patrons. I want to send a special thanks to John Munson, Mary Thomas, Terry Smith, Dale Hozick, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Alex Samada, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, Holly Mack, and Captain America, aka Steve Rogers. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Your support means the world to me, and you are forever in my heart. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Settles and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.